Today, by the grace of God, I want us to share something that I've titled Ordinances of Divine Service. Tell your neighbor, Ordinances of Divine Service. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 1. Praise Lord Jesus Christ. Let us read together. One, two, three, go. Had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. It says the first covenant had also. He's talking about the old covenant. He says it had ordinances of divine service also, which means the new covenant also has ordinances of divine service. Now, the only difference between the old covenant and the new covenant is that the old covenant rendered divine service in a worldly sanctuary. But in the New Testament, we have a divine sanctuary, which is you. The Bible says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. That is 1 Corinthians 6, 19. It says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Praise God. Say, I'm not my own. I don't belong to myself. Say, I belong to God. And that's a very big statement. I belong to God. When did you belong to God? When you confess Him as Lord. Praise God. When you said Jesus is Lord, when you confessed Him as your Lord, you ceased to belong to yourself. And now that you don't belong to yourself, which, which means even the bills don't belong to you. Yeah. Uh, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. All your bills are on him. Glory to God. Yet, he's actually not paying any bills. On the cross at Calvary, that is when he was paying bills. All your bills were paid at Calvary. That's the gospel. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says the old covenant had also ordinances of divine service. Maybe let's read a bit, some extra verses down there. Give us verse 2. It says, For there was a tabernacle made, the first, wherein was the candlestick and the table and the showbread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the golden pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over it the cherubims of glory, shadowing the mercy seat of which we cannot speak particularly. Next verse. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always in the first tabernacle accomplishing the service of God. 
But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The priest would offer for his own sins and also the sins of the people. Praise God. Now in that room, he would enter only once a year for the sins of the people. Now, what is amazing is, when you look at that verse 1, take us back to verse 1, when he says, Then verily the first covenant had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. We find that in the new covenant, we have a divine sanctuary, but a problem when it comes to offering divine service. These people had a worldly sanctuary, but they were able to offer divine service. But now, we have a divine sanctuary, but offering carnal service. When you are born again, you are a child of God, like anyone else, you come and join the ministry. So, some of you came having been invited. Others, you got born again here and chose to stay. Others, you were already born again, but you came from other ministries. And you see people serving. And you also want to serve God. You are like, I, 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 also, I wish I can serve like so and so. I see People serving God. I also want to serve. The problem is that finance is too big. People, you, you don't know where to pass to serve. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone who is born again is supposed to serve God. Okay? The only problem is you could be looking out for a particular uh, things to do. But your primary service to God is giving your testimony of your salvation to somebody else. Before you can become an usher, before you can become a choir member, your first service to God is you sharing the gospel to the next person. And your sharing of the gospel to the next person is your thank you to God for your own salvation. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Say it with seriousness. Say, I'm a preacher of the gospel. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in you is a desire to serve God. You want to serve God. You have longed to serve God. But this God we serve has an order. There is how he is served. You don't give to God what you think he will like. You give him what he has asked for. Are we together? If you have a hotel... 
Do you just serve the customers what you think they will like? You take their order. You can't say this person looks like he wants fish. Then you bring fish. No. You take the order. Okay? So if you are to also serve God, you have to take his order. You don't give him what you feel he will like. It's like uh, when you buy your friend a dress and when you bring the dress, they tell you, oh, thank you so much for the dress. And they even hug you. Then you tell them, by the way, it was 4M. What? 4 million? Then they carry you. But then later, you wait to see them putting it on, and they're not putting it. <laughs> you go to almost the same parties, but you never see her putting on the dress. It's because you assumed that she would like that dress. You didn't first inquire whether that's the kind of dress you would like to put on. So yes, she recognizes your effort to get her the dress. But she wishes you first did some research to know her test. Praise God. So also to serve God, you have to know what God wants. You bring what he has required. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we together? But now, if we are to talk about service, you will have to have uh, your definitions right. For example, yes, you want to serve God. But what is service? You know, that's one thing you think you know. Until they ask you what it is. What is service? Ask your neighbor, what is service? Uh-huh. They are stammering yet. <laughs> they speak well, but now they have stammered. What is service? You have to have a definition of service. So that you know what you are doing. Then you go past you know, defining what service is to defining what service is in the context of our ministry. There is service as a general, uh, you know, general definition, but then there is service in the context of our ministry. Because sometimes you find that there are people who are coming from some other ministries and they were led to this ministry and there are some things they don't, they don't like in, in the ministry. They're like, I don't like the way Asha's stand why do ushers remain standing why don't they sit like us and hear the word why do we always have black curtains we can change put green this sunday the other sunday put red praise the lord jesus christ maybe in the church where you came from before you would enter church they would give you a massage uh, When you came here, the ushers just tell you, your seat is there. 
You wait for the massages. <laughs> so you're not as comfortable in the ministry. The only thing holding in the ministry is the Apostle Grace. I love the man of God, but other things, they don't inspire you. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Huh? So you need to know what is service. So that you fit in the order of the ministry. So that there is no collision as you serve God. You don't cause discord. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to serve God, but who is God? Who is God? You know, God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. So you need to know that kind of God. That's First uh, Samuel 15, 22. It says, and Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. When you're serving God, you need to know that obedience is better than sacrifice. Because the Bible says that disobedience is as a sin of witchcraft. Which means when God tells you to do something and you refuse to do it, you have become a witch doctor. So whichever sacrifice you want to do, you'll be doing it as a witch doctor. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> and so when we receive instructions from this altar, our Father has given us instructions you don't forsake the instruction and then try to bring an offering. For example, our father has told us, you don't have to give me money. Bring a soul. Don't come alone. Come with somebody. Then you leave somebody there and you bring 50k. That 50k is the 50k of a witch doctor. <laughs> hey. So you thought which doctors were a few? <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So yes, you have to know this God I'm serving. You have to be acquainted with him. You want to serve the man of God, but who is a man of God? Who is a man of God? Then you go from just defining who a man of God is to defining who is my man of God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the times we are living in, everyone has become man of God. If you want to know how many men of God are in this world, you just, after service, Get the microphone and say, man of God, see how many people are going to turn. <laughs> Everybody is a man of God. Woman of God. <laughs> you 
You know, Moses said, Moses said, I wish that every one of you can prophesy. Now, question is, if everybody begins to prophesy, does Moses lose his place? Because everybody is prophesying? So, I believe there's that sanctified place of a man of God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Spirit of God came in the times of Moses, the Bible says, he fell on one guy called Medad. Medad received the Holy Spirit. Outside the camp, and he began to prophesy. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Was it Medad? Yes, it was. It says, but there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out to the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. Now, that Medad is prophesying does not mean he can lead the Israelites. To the promised land. The time we are living in, everyone who prophesies has to begin a ministry. As long as he can see in the spirit. Medad ministries. Eldad ministries. Can Eldad take Israelites into the promised land? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to interest us with a few people in scripture who I want us to learn from that served men of God or served servants of God. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we together? One group I find very interesting is the disciples of Jesus Christ. Those men gave themselves to serve their man of God. Praise God. First of all, their man of God, Jesus, was a very controversial figure. This is the man who they say the Father is the Holy Spirit. The mother got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. You imagine your son follows a man. <laughs> Praise our Jesus Christ. This Jesus would wake up and just start walking. And the disciples, these are 12 grown men following. <laughs> Following one Jesus, miracle performer, day in, day out, they are with this man. I was amazed at the, the level of commitment they had towards the master. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. These are kind of men that he would send and tell them, go to the other village and you'll find two donkeys. Now, already that was deep enough that we can go in a certain village and actually find those donkeys. That's enough to convince us that you are a man of God. But he went beyond telling them there were donkeys there. He told them, untie them. Eh? We untie them. 
What if they call police on us? <laughs> so before they could ask that, he told them, if anybody asks you, tell him the owner needs them. The owner. Peter asked Judas, you and Jesus bought the vehicle and you didn't tell us. <laughs> when did Jesus buy donkeys? Twelve men were going to untie donkeys. You meet twelve men, all of them are going to untie donkeys. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. One day he sent all of them to buy meat. Grown men. He told them, go and buy meat. You meet 12 men walking. Where are you going? To buy meat. <laughs> they never argued with him. Hey, but Jesus, only Judas can buy the meat. Nothing. They will all go. There's one particular time when he told them he had performed the miracle of bread and fish. He told them, you go, I'm going to pray, get into the boat and go. Like, we go. So for you, how are you coming? Because you go. So they had to go. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He stayed on the mountain and prayed, 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 prayed. When they had reached in the middle of the sea, a storm started making the whole boat dance. My God. The Bible says the winds were contrary. That's Matthew 14, 24. It says, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. In the midst of the sea. These are guys who followed Jesus. Now they are in the middle of the sea. They are tossed with waves. It says, for the wind was contrary. They are about to die following a man. Which man has told them to go? It's like... <laughs> ah. If God was to ask me to choose serving Jesus Christ of that day and Apostle Grace, I would choose Apostle Grace. <laughs> hey. Because at least with the Apostle, we can sleep. <laughs> These guys are at four. Four in the night, they are on the, on the sea. You are complaining. Oh, Fanero, we are ever busy. Busy? Hi. These guys are now in the middle of the sea, about to drown. Now, when the wind was contrary, it says these guys were fighting with water, getting water from the both putting it in the sea and then the sea would bring it back. <laughs> While they were there. Now, the last thing you want to see in such a situation. <laughs> hey, the last thing you want to see is a ghost. No, this is their man of God. While they are still trying to suffer with the water, they see. <laughs> hey. 
they saw a ghost. They stopped fearing the water. <laughs> and started, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> a man of God would scare his disciples. <laughs> Hallelujah. He told them, Fear not, it is I. <laughs> Praise God. But Peter recognized the voice. He says, mm. he says, if you are the one, ask me to come. He wanted to confirm the voice. He said, if you are the one, ask me to come. He said, come. He says, hey, it is the one. He stepped out very fast. When he reached in the middle there, he started sinking. We told him it was a ghost. <laughs> now, you be Peter. I want you to be Peter. And go home the next day. I'm beginning to give the testimony to your wife. We almost died. <laughs> now, other women, they had their husbands at four. This one is at home alone, waiting for a dead body. <laughs> Praise God. Tell neighbor the cost of following Jesus. One day, a young man came to them. They were walking, as usual. <laughs> and he said, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, uh, You know the commandments. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. When he was through with all the thou shalt not, the young man told him, all these are fulfilled from my youth. What is lacking? Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. Next verse. And he was sad. I would also be sad. He first looked at the feet of the disciples. <laughs> so, ah, I come and follow. <laughs> ah. <laughs> first of all, I sell my things and give to the poor. Where were the poor when I was making <laughs> the money? When he made the calculation, he didn't measure up. So when the guy had gone, Peter asked Jesus, says, Lord, for us we have forsaken everything and have followed you. You know, he was always wanting to ask this question. <laughs> Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, for us we have followed you, what are we going to get? Because now this one has not followed. But for us we have, we have left everything. I love that statement. It says we left all 
says, then Peter began to say unto him, Lord, we have left all. There are some things you are asking God for, and you are quarreling with God about them, but others have given them a way to serve God. You have quarreled with God over that car? Oh God, if you don't bring that car, I'll backslide. Others, they are releasing houses. Look at the next verse. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house. The people are leaving houses. Left house, brethren. Some people have walked out of their homes. All sisters, all father, all mother, all wife, all children, all lands for my sake and the gospels. Next verse. But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, brethren, sisters, mothers. Listen, God has mothers. You think your mother is the best? He has more mothers. Oh, hallelujah. God knows you love your mother, but there are more mothers. Pastor, are you suggesting that I leave my home? If you don't have the faith, don't try it. Because you will disturb us with funny prayer requests. Papa, pray for me. I don't have supper. Go back home and apologize and get supper. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. The next example is a man called Eliezer. Genesis chapter 15, from verse 1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great one. You know, when God comes to talk to you, God always talks big. He came speaking heavy things. Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great word. Next verse. Abraham said, I, I have heard what you have said. What will you give me? <laughs> I know you always talk big, amen to what you have said, but you are forgetting one thing. What will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? Next verse. And Abraham said, Behold me, thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. Eliezer, I find him exceptional in his service to Abraham. He was born in the house of Abraham. The Bible says Abraham had 300 born servants. 300. Which means... Sarah witnessed 300 pregnancies in her barrenness. Now, you don't know what it means for a barren woman to even see one pregnant woman. Sarah saw 300 pregnancies and didn't just see, she raised her. Which means the, the, the women that gave birth, these were maids in her household. Now you one maid is giving you a headache. One. 
to make it worse, she becomes pregnant. If she gets pregnant, that is hell. Say, come, 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 come. I noticed you have vomited three times. <laughs> Are you pregnant? Yes. Now, before I kill you, who's the owner of the <laughs> who's the owner of the pregnancy? Uh it's Keno. Keno. <laughs> How much transport is from here to your home? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Sarah's motherhood had to be tested. For her to mother the household of faith, she had to be tried. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, this Eliezer was one of those that was born there. So, this Eliezer served Abraham so well. He served so well that Abraham, one day when he was praying, he told God, you have not given me a child and the, this Eliezer is my heir. Which means Eliezer served and shifted from a position of a servant to a son. Oh, hallelujah. I love to serve my man of God until when he is praying, I'm in his closet. My name shows up in the closet. Says, this Eliezer is my heir. So which means Eliezer was the one going to take the inheritance in case God didn't give Isaac. Praise God. Now, of course later, God gives the miracle Isaac. Isaac is born. So when Isaac is born, this Isaac now is the replacement of Eliezer. Eliezer served before Isaac. When his replacement was born, he still served his replacement. Ah, that, I find that special. The guy who has come to take the, because the inheritance was already for Eliezer if Isaac had not come. Now he, Isaac has come, it is clear who is going to take the inheritance. But he still serves Isaac. And he served Isaac long enough to the time where Isaac was now ready to marry. Eliezer was still serving. And guess who Abraham sent to get a wife for Isaac? The same Eliezer. Now that's the time where you would say, uh-huh, I'm going to get you a knife. For a wife, because <laughs> <laughs> but the kind of woman Eliezer brought, the Bible says, comforted Isaac. What I learned from Eliezer is first of all, longevity of service. How long can you serve before you are tired? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. How long can you serve? 
the length of your service will be dependent on what makes you serve. What is your attitude in service? This Eliezer is the kind of gentleman you would find testifying of Abraham's riches. The name of his boss was always on his lips. Praise God. Normally, as pastors, when we meet, one thing I've loved about our fellowships is that our man of God is always on our lips. He's the one always on our lips. Eliezer would say, God has blessed my master with gold, with silver. God has given our father the biggest ministry on the face of the earth. But you, when you're talking, you're giving other names there of other men of God. There's another man of God there, a man of God there, the man of God. You mentioned all the revivalists. We need to check your DNA because... (laughs) Not that it is wrong to talk about other men of God, but what about your man of God? Do you boast over your man of God? I have the best dad in the world. Oh, hallelujah. My pastor is the best pastor. I'm not demeaning other pastors. I'm speaking on my own behalf. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Our man of God is very special. You know, I think about the kind of life he lives. How many SMSs he receives. Everybody wants to see Apostle Grace. Everybody. Children want to see Apostle Grace. Parents want to see Apostle Grace. Who doesn't want to see Apostle Grace? Even me right now, I want an appointment. (laughs) Praise God. When the child is born, they text, uh, God has given us, Papa, God has given us a baby boy. As soon as he has read that one, he reads another one. Uh, We have just lost a baby girl. They all came, uh, Papa, I want to see you. Uh, I want you to believe with me with change the results. The results are wonderful. I want us to change the results. <laughs> and then he gets another message of, uh, Papa, I'm graduating. I have made it. So, is he supposed to have what kind of emotions? He has to attend our baby showers, he has to attend. Our barriers, he has to attend. Our graduations, he has, and he has to attend. <laughs> when Jesus saw the line that was coming for him, he ascended. He left the line for Apostle Grace. (laughs) 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 No, you imagine if Jesus had a physical office on earth, would he eat? When he saw you, eh? (laughs) and all of us want him to respond to our messages. Every time I send my father a message, when he responds, I almost want to worship the response. (laughs) Because I know what it means for him to answer back. Oh, hallelujah. And he answers. 
How he does it, I don't know. So when God gives you such a man of God, do you want to serve him? Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us devotionals, whether he feels happy or not happy. He has to give us a devotional every morning. Every morning. We don't want to know. For us, we want to know. The moment I open my phone, I need to find a devotional. The amount of sacrifice for us to receive the word of God. We cannot but also serve. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, you might, you might be asking, so, but serve, what, what should I do? Begin with the small things. Invite someone. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Witness to people. Preach the gospel. Hallelujah. There are several other departments. Find out. Meanwhile, even before you get into any position, if you meet Lita, pick the Lita. Praise God. Don't chew gum and put under the chair. Praise God. Hallelujah. The last example is the donkey of Balaam. Praise God. This donkey was serving a mad prophet. But the level of loyalty of a donkey, this one moment, he was going to curse Israel. This is a man who's supposed to be blessing Israel. He was going to curse so while they were going on this donkey, an angel shows up, ready to slaughter Balaam. The donkey said, not my boss. You will not cut my boss. <laughs> Hello? The donkey stopped God from killing his own man. <laughs> For you, when they're talking about our man of God, you also contribute. So I don't understand that man of God by now. Even me, I don't understand. I also don't understand. They say he has a snake. It's always on the, on the pulpit. The snake on the pulpit. You came to see the snake in the pulpit. You didn't see it. Sometimes I wonder if the Christians of today were in the times of Moses. Moses, the Bible says, he threw his stick on the ground. It became a snake. Imagine if you saw that. Would you want to join Moses' church? <laughs> now for us, our man of God, you just had a rumor. But Moses, it was live. It's even in the Bible. He had a snake. Eh? One day he met other witches and they were all making snakes in Egypt. And then his snake swallowed. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Would that be your man of God? 
The donkey said, you are not going to kill my boss. It refused to move. Now Balaam started to beat the donkey. And the donkey said, my boss. And the, I saw the angel of the Lord. She fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled. And he smote the ass with the staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass. And she said unto Balaam, what have I done to you that you have beaten me all these, these three times? The donkey was talking. What have I done that you have beaten me these three times? Uh -huh, next verse. And Balaam said unto the ass, because you have mocked me. He's talking back to the... <laughs> he says, I would, there would be a sword in my hand. I would, says, for now I would have killed you. And the ass said unto Balaam, they are conversing. Am I not the donkey upon which you have ridden ever since I was yours until this day? So the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said no. The donkey is giving accountability. Have I ever done anything wrong? Have I ever disobeyed you? This is a donkey. giving accountability. A donkey which is serving a mad prophet. Why should we have a problem serving a sane prophet? Hello? Since then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand and he bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And you hear this word says, and the angel of the Lord said unto him, why have you struck your donkey? These three times. It says, Behold, I have come out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. Next verse. The donkey saw me and turned aside from me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely I would have killed you by now and let her live. The loyalty of an animal. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. That kind of loyalty, no wonder God gave it a voice. You want to preach? Where's your loyalty? Praise God. Say, I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a very serious privilege. For us to serve the move of God like this. To find ourselves in the time that we are living in. With a man of God like the one we have. Who has given himself to serve God. At the level he has given himself. I have dreamed of days when as a son. I am able to do certain things in our ministry. You know, like if our father says there's a crusade somewhere, like I feel like I need to just single-handedly do, do that myself. Do you understand? How many people feel you feel you have that kind of thing in your spirit? You're like, I wish I can just pay the whole entire bill. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. And 
everyone's contribution is necessary. Glory to God. And you don't have to have billions of money. You just step out and you want to serve God and God sees that heart. Glory to God. Speak in other tongues. If you have learned something from God and glorify his name. Thank you, Spirit of God. I want to learn faithfulness. I want to learn stewardship. Teach me stewardship. Teach me faithfulness. Teach me availability. Thank you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. From today, you are going to serve God like never before. Hallelujah. If you're here and for you have never given your life to Jesus Christ and you would like to receive Jesus right now, please repeat these words with me. You say, Lord Jesus, today I open my heart. Come in and be the Lord of my life. I believe with my heart that when you died, you died for me. When you were buried, it was for me. When you were raised from the dead, it was for my salvation and my glory. Today, I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. I will not be ashamed to tell the whole world that I've received you. I'm born again in Jesus' name. Amen.